0: I speak to you in the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. We have two dogs in our family, and I take great delight in teaching them words. One of our dogs is very, very smart, so she knows every word I teach her. I'm pretty sure she's getting ready to speak in full sentences any day now. The other dog, not so much. He's not very smart. Um, I'm not even sure that he even knows his own name. It's okay. It's okay. He is good at other things. (laughs) But I try to teach them words that I think are important for them to know. So they know words like dinner, treat, bed, and crate. Our smart dog goes a few steps further. She knows all of the names of our family. She knows all of the friends that come over to our house. Um, She knows the word adventure and car and walk and friend. She even understands that when we say friend, she knows that those are people who love her, and she will race to the door to go see if a friend is coming to see her. But the one word that I keep trying to teach them, and it's been a long lesson in trying to get them to understand, is the word good. Good is more complicated than other words because it's an extra step in their comprehension. They can only know what is good by experiencing things that are good. Dinner is good. Treat is good. Bed is good friend is good. But I still don't know what's going on up there. You know, I still don't know what's going on in those little puppy dog brains, and I don't know if they are making the connection between the thing and the idea of goodness. And it occurred to me recently that this is exactly what God is doing with all of us all the time. God wants us to know What the word good means. God wants us to know goodness. God wants us to know the things that are good. So we're constantly presented with things in our lives, everything in this big, beautiful world that reflects a little bit of God's goodness. Everything from the grand and the amazing to the small and the ordinary, moments of just, wow, extraordinary beauty in in nature, or times when we just feel so interconnected with creation, times when we feel deeply loved, when we feel we have this meaningful connection with another person, times when we feel affirmed, when we feel like, like the work that we are doing is saying to us, yes, you are doing the right thing. All this goodness, all around us all the time, and so we grasp that concept of goodness by surrounding ourselves with things that are good. How is God defining the word good for you? Paul writes to the Romans, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds so that you might discern the will of God what is good and acceptable and perfect. So the will of God, whatever that might be, points to what is good. The will of God teaches us goodness, and we learn to practice it through the work of discernment. And we do this our entire life long. It's not something that ever stops. We do discernment almost every single day of our lives, and we do that work by taking upon eyes that know how to see what is good in the world, Uh, having a heart that is tuned to goodness. And that's really hard work, figuring that out. This practice of discernment is really hard because it's not just choosing between two things, right? It's not choosing between this thing over here is good, this thing over here is bad. Discernment is the work of seeing goodness in lots of different things and asking ourselves, Who am I called to be? What will I do with my life? And we take everything that's ever happened to us, all the stories of our lives, and we filter it through that question. What is right and good for me to do? Is it this job or that job? Is it spending time with this friend or that friend? Is it this volunteer opportunity or this volunteer ministry? And we have to sort it all out constantly, and, and what is good for me is not necessarily good for you, so it really takes like sitting with the Holy Spirit for long enough to see where God is leading us, whether it's in the, the actions that we take or, or the people that we love or the, the commitments that we make, And it gets even more complicated when sometimes we get it wrong, or sometimes the the things that are reliable, the things that are good in this world that we trust, let us down and disappoint us. So it's hard work, and try as we might, no matter how hard we do that discernment work, goodness kind of like slips through our fingers the concept of good, we don't always keep our grasp on it very well. So in a few minutes, we're going to be having our backpack blessing. And lots of children of this parish are going to be starting school tomorrow, or some have already started school in the last week or two. And if I asked any parent in this congregation, what you would want your child to grow up to be. I am willing to bet that every single one of you would say, I just want my kid to grow up to be a good person. Or you might say, I just want my child to have a good life. And most people would probably flesh that out. If I said, well, what is a good life? They might flesh it out by saying, well, I want them to do well. Um, I, I want them to get good grades, have friends that love them and, you know, go to college, maybe like later on down the road get married, have children, buy a house, get a good job with a 401k for sure. And I want them to be self-sufficient and wise and good with money, helpful to their neighbors and maybe generous to their aging parents. Is that too much to ask? the good life. None of these things are bad for us to want for our children, but for Christians, the good life is something that is entirely different, let alone the fact that not everyone gets married and has children and buys a house and gets a good job. Um, Probably, Paul would say, we are investing in a lie. We are putting our trust in the wrong things. He would want our children to know that when he says the words good and acceptable and perfect, he's not talking about anything that has to do with your good grades or your successes or the good job or or even the good friends and family that love you. Because for Paul, the good life is not something that you possess. Goodness is connected To how and what we worship. So the question is, are we worshiping God or are we just worshiping God's blessings? Earlier in Romans, Paul focuses on writing to the Romans and defining all of the things that you could do with your life that are not good, the ways that you can direct your energy in the wrong way. The way that you can have misdirected worship in your life. Um, All the things that you can do, and he has lots of things to say about this, um, but things like boasting about yourself, being envious of others, being gossipy, being slanderous, being self-serving. He says that this becomes a misdirected gesture of worship because we are worshiping our own appetites and desires, and that will always lead us to violence and corruption. And the faithful person, as Paul writes about today, is someone who understands fully how to completely offer themselves to God with their their whole self. And he says, present yourselves as a living sacrifice to God, which is your spiritual worship. Present yourselves as a living sacrifice. That doesn't quite have the right ring for a backpack blessing. Um, I, I kind of was like not so sure that that would work. I didn't know Deacon Lauren always gives the kids backpack tags to put on their backpacks. What if it says, I am a living sacrifice? <laughs> I just felt like that might not hit the right tone. Um, we might get a call home from the teacher about that. So no. <laughs> What we want to do today as we bless these children is to send them forth from this place into their schools, into all of the activities they have this fall with the hope that they will learn to live God's goodness and not the world's. That they might learn the language of goodness in the places that they go. That they might receive this great gift of things like friendship, and kindness and inclusion, and that they might even learn to go to those places so that they can experience things like grace and joy and hope, and and that they will feel like shored up, bolstered up, and ready to face anything. That is a lovely vision for a school year, and I hope for it for all of our children. Could a backpack blessing also mean that we want these children to be transformed in the renewing of their minds? Paul writes, do not be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Do not be conformed to the vision that the shape of your life has to fit with the world's definition of success. Because this is a world that would very much like our children to believe that their only value is in what they produce and what they buy. This is a world that rushes to give you a false identity, and Paul says, don't believe it. Do not be conformed to the plastic idea that who you are is bound up in anything anybody says about you or whether you've done all the right things or followed the right rules. Do not be conformed to anything this world values, but be transformed to be Christ's own forever. Be transformed to live a Christ-like life. What if our blessing today into the school year and, and everything else that's a part of school, sports, friendship, EYC, theater, choir, whatever, What if that blessing was one of transformation, that all of our lives might be changed into living the life of Christ? That's a little bit scary to say. That's a scary blessing to give, because remember, Jesus' life was one of sacrifice and forgiveness and radical love, and that is not gonna be easy for our children to pursue. This is not a blessing that promises an easy life. The way of Christ is is one of losing your life in order to save it, of of the last being first, of, of saying with Paul, it's not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. But this is also a powerful blessing that says that who you are is Christ's own forever. No matter what happens to you, no matter what ups and downs you face throughout the year, what mistakes you make, or what gets said about you, you belong to Jesus. This blessing says you are held entirely in God's love and that is enough. Learning the word good is is a lesson that takes a lifetime. But there is so much grace, there's so much grace because God is incredibly patient in teaching this word to us. He's going to do it over and over again. God is going to show us what is good. God is going to train our hearts and our eyes to discern His will in the world. And and learning to speak the language of goodness, we do it by moving ourselves out of the way, by moving away from being self-serving and self-focused. It is turning the entirety of your life into a gesture of spiritual worship, which is sometimes small, sometimes a daily practice of just simply letting other people be more important than you, or showing compassion and kindness as a kind of daily sacrifice, of showing the love of Christ to everybody, especially those who don't deserve it. So, whether you are heading back to school tomorrow or not, may we all carry this blessing with us like a backpack that we are Christ's own forever, and we are living sacrifices to that truth. This is our spiritual worship. Amen.